everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. Our relationship when we met was so easy. We had this like idyllic beginning to our relationship of ease. And I used to say all the time, like the key to our success is like, I am always thinking about you and putting Mm -hmm. you first. And I feel like you're doing the same and it makes it simple. Mm -hmm. Like I never have to advocate for what I need Mm -hmm. because you always are. And then life changed and we had three kids Mm -hmm. and things got harder and it was harder to be each other's like, I've got you, you've Mm -hmm. got me. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Jessica. Courtney is taking a sabbatical this season to focus on her personal life and family, but the show must go on. Luckily, Courtney and I have been supported by a community of honorary sisters throughout our careers, and Jessica is one of them. So this season, Dana will be joined by a new honorary sister each episode, and I'm honored to be one of them. And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in the entrepreneurial journey, like team building, work-life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. It's time to talk about work-life balance. And today, we're talking all about balancing being an entrepreneur while your spouse is also an entrepreneur. We are talking with the amazing duo, Jason and Megan Gilligan. Megan is a sought-after business coach, serial entrepreneur, top-ranked podcast host, and international speaker who guides heart-centered, high-achieving entrepreneurs from the woes of overwhelm and burnout to the success they want most by equipping them with tools, resources, and mindset shifts to help them thrive in all areas of life. After building and selling a successful six-figure wedding planning business, Megan now helps others achieve their biggest goals, coaching hundreds of entrepreneurs on building profitable wedding businesses within her online community, The Planner's Vault. Her husband, Jason, is a CEO and executive producer at EarFluence, a full-service B2B podcasting agency based in Raleigh, North Carolina. In 2019, he formed EarFluence so businesses and personal brands could showcase their expertise and build their audiences without the overwhelm of creating and editing on their own. The EarFluence goal is to tell amazing stories, amplify its clients' brand, and celebrate diverse voices. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. Finally, yeah. somebody recognizes that we're experts in work-life balance <laughs> I know, right? and parenting and all those things. Final, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're we're winning in all those areas. We can't wait to talk I, about I it. I've so always admired it, it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But just to start, why don't you guys just take some time and tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and what you guys each do, and just everyone wants to go first. Okay, so uh, as far as professionally, I do podcast production. The company is Earfluence. We produce this podcast, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we met. Back in 2009, uh, Match.com. She nice. was winking all over the place on Match.com. Yeah. <laughs> Girls got to eat. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell my jokes that she doesn't like. Uh, I, I always joke that she would pull open her pantry and be like, ooh, I'm running low on stuff. Let's wink uh, yeah. to, to some folks. And yeah. we met. I got lucky enough to get caught in the wink crossfire. Uh-huh. And uh, we've been together ever since. Yeah, that's great. And we have three kids. You're like, how many kids do we have again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the number? Oh. What What else? What else is my A dog I just talked you into adopting? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you dog. are great. adopting the dog. Okay. It was either the dog or Jason. How many times <laughs> did you wink in order to get the dog? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just like a constant winking. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. Um, I'm Megan. So happy to be here. What yeah. a great group in this room. I've been in the wedding and event industry for, I guess, since 2006, mm-hmm. post-college, and I was a wedding planner for 12 years. That's how mm-hmm. I met Dana, yep. you know, Jess from the hotel side of things, and now I do education and speaking yeah. for the wedding industry. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously going into being an entrepreneur wasn't mm-hmm. like an overnight decision. Yeah. And you were an entrepreneur first. Yeah. Right. So how did that go? Because you had a stable nine to five. I did. And you had yeah. a stable nine to five to begin with. And you're like. Health insurance uh, and everything. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was it like when Megan's like, hey, I want to do this? 
I didn't want to do that. Oh. No, I didn't <laughs> okay. want to do that. I went on what I thought was a job interview because mm-hmm. I like safety. Mm-hmm. I avoid uh, fear and the unknown. And I went on what I thought was a job interview, came out with an option to like take over an existing mm-hmm. business. I went home to Jason. We'd been married, I really think it was like three weeks yeah. at that point. And I was like, oh, that was such a bummer. I thought it was an opportunity for a job, but it's not. And I don't want to be a business owner. Like this is something maybe like five years from now I'll be ready for. And Jason was like, no, this is great. This is what you're meant to do. We'll take out a small business loan. We'll live off of my salary. Like we'll we'll figure it out, but let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous about the entrepreneur life. I knew she was ready for it. Mm-hmm. I knew she'd be awesome at being a wedding planner because she had done that at the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And she worked hard at it. And at the time, she didn't really enjoy her job also. Mm-hmm. And she was just looking for something different. And this was an opportunity to do her own thing. And as great as some bosses were uh, at, uh, at <laughs> the mean, Renaissance. I mean, you know, we can't all be the greatest boss. <laughs> you, know, you know, some people she didn't really get along with. And mm-hmm. some sometimes it was just a challenge. And she would uh, not be so happy on Sundays. Oh, I used to cry about, every yeah. Sunday night before I went to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it was an awesome opportunity. And I knew she was ready for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship, it's interesting, like, I think, as it relates to relationships, in our dynamic, it seems like he is more the risk taker mm-hmm. and believer of like jump and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we've been married now for 13 years. And I've, I think my mind has changed some, but I'm much more like the cautious, mm-hmm. calculated, I'll take the risk as long as I know that like it's there is, fail. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I got into entrepreneurship. I'd, I'd always had like weird side hustles. I had one called Go Get Wed that was a marketplace for couples and vendors, kind of like a, what, an Airbnb type thing. Okay. Uh, and created an app and everything and found out that was really, really hard to market to both mm-hmm. sides. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing at all. <laughs> I had something called The Grateful Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was no a service to uh, to write thank you notes. So you would just oh. put in all the information, like all the gifts that you got for your wedding, let's say, and their names. And you're writing the same damn thank you note right. every single time. It's right. all formulaic. Right. Why can't somebody else do that for you yeah. and then send it That's out? Uh, I mean, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> branding. Might have been. Yeah. Was it supposed to be the Grateful Bitch? Also, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Oh, that would have been That would have been. Oh, maybe. that would have been way better. Oh, yeah. no, I thought yeah. you said witch because you don't want to say bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, no, no. You were thinking of like a, like a fairy behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, I got exactly. it. I got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of like cheeky. I mean, yeah. I right. And I was over there like, but you actually, this is not a superpower of yours. Right. So why are we starting a business? Were you writing these notes personally? No, no. I tried to convince people to to do that. And like, look, we never had a client or anything. It was just something I was working on. Luckily, made, made he a still website. had his nine to five job. So <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, do sure, your thing. It's not? good. I, I believe. I love the creativity. Yes. That, that this, you know, this is good. Yes. Because yeah. we're all the, the, the baby, the starting mm. of the, the entrepreneurial mind. I That's can right. see, I can mm. see how this yeah. started there. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. And then, uh, and then 2017, I started to get really, really antsy with my job. Right. And it was like, it's time to move on. Um, luckily, I found podcasts. I mean, just fell in love with with those and did a podcast for the company I was working at at the time. And then uh, 2018, convinced Megan to start a podcast. And mm-hmm. that went really well. And then 2019, ultimately left my job to form Earfluence. And so it was a side hustle that was working out before I left my job and took that ultimate risk because, you know, that one was paying for health insurance Mm -hmm. and all those things and Mm -hmm. and the security. And it was, you know, great timing in 2019 going into 2020 to have uh, two entrepreneurs um, (laughs) and three kids. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how did did you feel about it though? Like, cause you know how hard it is, you know, how much, Mm -hmm. you know, how much support you needed from Jason to run this business and thinking like, do you, did you have that much to give to him? I wanted to. Yeah. So it felt like, I owed it to him for the way that Mm -hmm. he had pushed and supported Mm -hmm. me. And I saw his unhappiness Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be the one that was like, yes, let's do this. Let me encourage you to now be an entrepreneur. So I put it out there and almost instantly I had feelings of like, oh shit, like regret. (laughs) Why did I say this? Well, because you're... 
cautious side yeah. um, that I know very well, yes. just knowing you, I'm sure was like, but what, what, yeah. what if? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And he was the stable income. Mm-hmm. And I think once it was put out there summer 2019, we had three kids. I was in a state of burnout in mm-hmm. my planning business and trying to figure out how to get out of that state of burnout. And then all of a sudden, you know, he left his job. Finances were scary. And then really the pandemic. Oh, really? Like, so 2020 was, at least for me, it was our hardest year of mm-hmm. 13 years married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be common with a lot of couples, right? Mm-hmm. Because of, of the pandemic. But for us, especially mm-hmm. trying to grow businesses mm-hmm. and having the kids at home, figuring out virtual schooling. And basically, we would be in the same house all the time, right? But never see each other. Mm-hmm. So it would be, all right, it's your two hours to work now and my two hours to hang out with the kids. Mm-hmm. And when you had a two-year-old, it wasn't like we could say, hey, um, you know, just, just go play with each other. Yeah. You know, Go wa- watch this TV show. You know, we had to actually be there for, for them. <laughs> you had to be a parent. Right, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a rough yeah. year for us uh, from a relationship standpoint. Mm-hmm. Was there, like, a lot of resentment? Like, for me, there was. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> it, was just, it was just tough to connect. <laughs> yeah. I think when I go back to that time, so I launched a second, like, my education business. Right. Right, right before, before the pandemic, right. like three weeks before okay, the pandemic okay, was yeah. my my launch of that. Oh, wow. So I, in my brain, I was like, okay, I'm going to support these wedding planners. This is going to be awesome. And this is like a way to find passion in the industry mm-hmm. while I don't really have it in the couple right. connection anymore. And Jason was getting his business started. Then the pandemic happened. And I had a lot of like overwhelm and resentment, partially just the fears that Mm -hmm. came from, I didn't know what would happen with his business. And then some were just, it was too much. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was too many things. I was now, I had this membership. I had these new wedding planners that were looking to me to help them navigate a pandemic. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. And my kids were young. I think seven, five and two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We, we just were not set up for success. Mm -hmm. And I felt like our marriage took the brunt of it because he was the adult that I was around at all times. (laughs) You know, we weren't hanging out with friends. We weren't really getting out. And so I just looked at this person. I was like, oh my gosh, like where, what is, what happens next? Mm -hmm. Like there's, for me, there was, it was a lot. Did you, I I feel like there's been times like in those moments, like when you're like severely overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. there's definitely been some resentment and my resentment's always swung the other way of like, like you have no idea what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it swings to the point where I resent the shit out of myself. Yeah. That like, and I projected it on him yeah. a lot. Like, oh, I, like sure. I resented yeah. saying yes to this. I resented like, yes. you know, making this decision and, you know. So, it was both. Yeah. yeah. It was like internal frustration and annoyance with myself, mm-hmm. external frustration with the world and fear. Right. Fear does a lot of interesting things. Mm-hmm. Like fear can make you show up in just ways that like you've never seen mm-hmm. in yourself. And I think it was the unknown of the political environment, the unknown of like health and safety and unknown of like financial security, unknown of the, I just felt like I was running this race in the finish line kept moving moving, mm-hmm. and I was exhausted mm-hmm. and I was tired and I was frustrated and I didn't know how to win. And I'm an Enneagram three. So I like to win. Like <laughs> it goes back to my, like, I don't want to do something if right, I don't know right, that it right. can be successful and yeah. nothing felt like it was going the way it was supposed to. Yeah. So how did you handle that? Bourbon? What's that? Bourbon. <laughs> Bourbon. Yes, cool. we did. Uh, I did finally figure out, you know, when I was 40, how to drink straight bourbon. Nice. And, you know, I, I grew up. <laughs> you became an adult. Well, how did you handle it you outside became a of man. bourbon? Yeah, as far as our relationship goes mm-hmm. and any sort of resentment, you know, I didn't have resentment, I don't think. Mine was more defensive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Megan would be resentful mm-hmm. of whatever situation mm-hmm. or or of me. And my uh, mm-hmm. response to that would be like, well, what the heck? Like, I'm, I'm working really hard mm-hmm. here. Like, I'm doing all the things to... 
she was annoyed with me more so than mm -hmm. most years, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah. It was a tough year. Yeah. And I think we both learned a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about each other. And we, we've we joked about this before. Like our relationship when we met was so easy. Mm. It was the easiest, like the the, the easiest, most fun dating experience I ever had. Mm -hmm. Like I remember sitting across from him and at our first date and he's talking and I truly, this is so cliche, but I remember the thought popped into my head, like, gosh, he'll be a great dad. Like mm -hmm. he'll be a great dad. And so we, we had this like idyllic beginning to our relationship of ease. And I used to say all the time, like the key to our success is like, I am always thinking about you and putting mm -hmm. you first. And I feel like you're doing the same right. and it makes it simple. Mm -hmm. Like I never have to advocate for what I need mm -hmm. because you always right. are. And then life changed and we had three kids mm -hmm. and things got harder and it was harder to be each other's like, I've got you, you've mm -hmm. got me. And I feel I've joked about this a lot. Like I carry around a resentment bucket and I search for things to put in there. And when that bucket gets full, like it's game over mm -hmm. at that point. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, yep. and you take it and you just dump it dump right it. on his head. <laughs> and he's Sometimes. like, wait, where did all these things yeah. even come from? I didn't yeah. even know you had a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ha ha ha. Here it is. And it's really heavy. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, it was, it was a hard year and, we learned a lot about ourselves and businesses and how to not find ourselves in a relationship where we were just managing partners mm -hmm. of a household. Cause mm -hmm. when it gets to that, like you start to wonder like, what's the point mm -hmm. if there's no connection and there's right. nothing outside of just who's picking up, who's getting mm -hmm. the groceries, who's taking the dog out. Right. Yeah. yeah. You think what? about 2009 and we were both at the, our real jobs back then and by real jobs, we were just G-chatting all day. Right. Oh, yeah, day. I wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Jess. <laughs> you know, I left that job, too, <laughs> to become my own entrepreneur yeah. at that point. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. So we're just G-chatting all day. And then, you know, we see each other at night. Yeah. And then... We could travel. Yeah, we could travel. And then you start adding things to this. We start adding her business, then... A kid, then another kid, then a third kid, then my business, mm -hmm. and then, then all pandemic, this, and the pandemic, and a dog, mm -hmm. and now a dog. Yes, no, uh, the other dog. Oh, the other dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's harder to put each other first all the time mm -hmm. um, when you've got all these other things that mm -hmm. are that are happening. So, how do you find those connections? Yeah, entrepreneurship is a beast, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we all know that, and your listeners mm -hmm. do as well. Yeah. Is that it's not a like do your work and then go home. Mm -hmm. It is it is a never-ending connection to all the things mm -hmm. that are on your plate. For sure. I mean, how do you think you all overcame those challenges once the pandemic kind of subsided and, you know, you realized that, that you all were facing all of these challenges working from home? How do you think you kind of overcame that? You know, I know that your business certainly hit its stride mm -hmm. uh, at a certain point. I mean, Planner's Vault mm -hmm. certainly hit its stride as well. How do you all think you overcame the challenges that you encountered when you were in the pandemic as you all started to get busier? Because I'm sure you did encounter even more mm -hmm. as you started getting busier uh, with both of your businesses. What did you do um, with your lives as that happened? It's not like we're experts in this at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's still a challenge, but it's intentional connection mm -hmm. um, is really helpful. We will do Friday coffee dates. So um, we'll drop the kids off at school or camp or wherever and go to Nora, our local mm -hmm. coffee shop, and just have a, a coffee date. Mm -hmm. And we try, we try our best where it's not so logistical, where it's like, this shit's coming up. This is coming up. This is coming up. Mm -hmm. What do we do about this? We try to do like the I appreciate type things mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you did so great at, at this this week mm -hmm. or um, what do you need? Your from hair looked really, really great <laughs> on Tuesday. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> looked really curly and cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> she had a, a speaking gig on Tuesday, and, and yes, it looked really good. <laughs> so thank you for mentioning that. Oh, yeah, okay. Those intentional connections, and she's going to say therapy, so go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was thinking about that, like what what shifted. And it's not just that. And it's I was thinking, for me, it's probably, I'm going to say three things. There might mm-hmm. be four. One is, as women something that I've noticed as a generalization is that we keep everything in our heads and we have expectations in friendships, in partnerships, in business that we don't often communicate externally. We just right. hold a standard of like, right. I would like for you to know these things yeah. and I want you to for them to mind. be important yeah. to you. Yeah. So I do that both as a leader in my business. Uh, I've, I've at least seen that I I make that mistake. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes in friendships too. And I think something that shifted for me is getting better about like externally communicating mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. to people in my life from a team standpoint, from a marriage standpoint, and saying like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel about this. This is where my head is at. And I didn't do that for, I would say, at least the first two-thirds of our marriage together. It was like, I just wanted him to know. Like, I wanted him to read my mind. Why do you mm-hmm. well, Why do you think that is? Like, do you think it's just because you felt like he, if he knows you best, he should know? Or do you think it was more centered around a little bit of shame, like, that you had those expectations? Maybe a little bit of both. Like, I was, mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he should know, and right. it should be important to him, and also, like, but am I asking too much? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or does it take away from it when I have to ask for what yeah. I need? Wouldn't it's, it be better if he just- It's a weird milkshake of both. Yeah. 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 So I think it was, for me, it was better clearly communicating. Mm-hmm. These are, this is what I need. These mm-hmm. are my expectations is one thing. I will touch on therapy mm-hmm. and I, I love talking about this, but <laughs> Jason and I, mm-hmm. around 2018, like we would have these fights and we're just very- different people Mm -hmm. in the way that we fight, in the way that we communicate. And Jason is more of fact-based, like submit evidence for- So annoying. Oh my God, it was so (laughs) annoying. It was literally so annoying. Why do you have to be so right and wrong? What? So like, what cut, where- do, why do I have to do like a thesis for why I'm upset about? Oh. Like, let me pull out my PowerPoint here. And, and we don't need the slides. Yeah, on this. Yeah, so I have to have an evidence bucket with yeah, okay. Jason and okay, arguments. Okay. Um, let me point out to you why that's wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, we just argue differently. We we communicate differently. And around 2018, in one of our arguments, I was like, "This is not good." I love this person. Like mm-hmm. I'm in it with this person for for life, but yet it feels like as the responsibilities and everything start to pile up, our arguments are one they're cyclical. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Can y'all relate yes. to that right. in your same relationships? It's it's centered around the same thing. You mm-hmm. just keep coming back to it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I was like, "Listen, we're in this, right? Like mm-hmm. I love you. We're we're doing this." Mm-hmm. And you know how in life you have to do maintenance on like your car, you have to go get the oil changed and mm-hmm. you got to change the filters in your house and you have to get a haircut every now mm-hmm. and then. You just have to, there's upkeep. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like there should be upkeep for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'd like for us to go to therapy. And it was a long game to get mm-hmm. him to that because mm-hmm. I believe that Jason's thought was, oh God, like therapy means there's something it's wrong. It's like one stop before yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. the end. Yeah. 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 So I knew that that was his view of therapy and it wasn't my view. So I had to like really present it in mm-hmm. a way that he would be open right. to it. And therapy, I believe, was transformative for, mm-hmm. for us in the way that we communicate with each other. But for my own self, something that like was a a clicking point in therapy was I realized our therapist one day explained it to us that if you both have buckets, I feel like buckets is a very interesting reference that keeps coming up here today. (laughs) Jason's bucket is full. Mm -hmm. It just stays full. Mm -hmm. It's full of water. Stays that way. (laughs) (laughs) Life. Megan's bucket has water, but there's a lot of holes in the bucket Mm -hmm. and it needs constant filling Mm -hmm. always. And I realized eight years into marriage that I looked at Jason as like the sole Mm. bucket filler. Mm. All of my like emotional needs, uh, connection, it was him. Like he need, and if he wasn't constantly like pouring into that bucket, Mm -hmm. then it became empty and Mm -hmm. it was not good. 
And I think that was a, a light bulb moment for me of like, oh my gosh, like this is unfair to expect for him to be all things to me. Like mm-hmm. other things have to come into play. And it wasn't like I didn't have friends or a life outside of my marriage, but I think I just saw it everything Mm -hmm. from him in some way and everything else was just like fluffy extra. And that was a shift of like, I leaned more into connection with friends or hobbies or interests that didn't have to be like tied Mm. to Jason. And that means that like, it kind of let him off the hook in some ways. Mm. Like he still is a bucket filler for me. Sure. But you know, he's like one of several Mm -hmm. in like friends Mm. and Trips and Taylor Swift, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. I feel that very deeply. (laughs) Yes. I tried to stay up late last night to watch the announcements. I knew it was coming. Oh my gosh. I woke up to it. I I was very excited. I was very Very excited. excited. Yes. It would be. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even bother telling you. That's not his thing. Taylor filled it for you. That's right. I I talked to my 11 year old about it this morning and I showed her the announcement. Yes. Yes. So this is where, like, you know, Megan from seven years ago would have gone to Jason and would have wanted him to be just as excited. And now I'm like, you know, like I'll tell my 11 year old and she'll be excited. It'll be greater. I'll text my friend Jess mm-hmm. and she'll be as excited. So sorry, this is long winded. I'll, I'll put a, <laughs> I'll put a ribbon on it. Three things. One is advocating for what I need. Two is not expecting this one human to be like my everything. Yeah. And then the third thing, the connection that he spoke oh, yeah. of, yeah, yeah. we do, we do two like meetings together mm-hmm. a week. One is our coffee date that is like, what's coming up? What vacation? Do we need a date night? Should, are you getting the babysitter? What are we doing? Thank you for mm-hmm. having my back when my eight-year-old had like a rage fest and you supported me and we mm-hmm. were a team in that moment. And then we do a weekend a huddle that is like, okay, you have this networking event on Wednesday night. I have wine night with my girlfriend. So you're doing pickup. I'm doing drop-off. Mm-hmm. We need to get groceries. What's for dinner? And that removed a lot of the little things that I would put in the resentment bucket Mm -hmm. of why am I the only one that is responsible for these things? Yeah. That's it. Those are all really great things. That's great. I mean, it puts you on the same communication page, which for your business, your life, the work life, I mean, it it certainly helps uh, smooth the communication. Yeah. And I think that like there's this misconception, which is kind of like this whole season's about, is that there really isn't anything called balance. Like life is never 50 mm-hmm. 50. And I feel like, you know, we, me and my husband talk about this often. Like you, like sometimes I'm giving 30 and he's giving 70, which is mostly the case, truly. Or sometimes I'm giving more and he's giving less or whatnot. And I think as two entrepreneurs, and sometimes what happens when your businesses are like almost at that 50 50 point, like where you have to be fully committed to this, like this is like, I mean, when you're about to, re- you know, open mm-hmm. the doors to mm-hmm. like the vault again, which I know is a super stressful time because mm-hmm. there's so much leading up to it and then all that. And then it ha- happens to coincide with like, you just got 10 new clients mm-hmm. or whatever and like, whatever. So how do you guys balance those conversations? Because I can imagine it's not like, I'm sure sometimes in the very human side of you, you're like, well, mine's more important right now than what you're doing. Right? Yeah. Which is not true, but it's what you tell yourself in your head. Yeah. I think we've been pretty lucky in that there haven't been too many times where I'm crazy, crazy busy and you're crazy, crazy busy where we can't like look after the kids. Mm -hmm. But I will say that we have scheduled babysitters Mm -hmm. to come in when we are just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and just need to, to get out. And go to a coffee shop and, and get our stuff done. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we we both want to go to the same networking event or right. we both want to do this. But when you are flooded, you'll tell me. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a lot going on. Uh, you need to, like, I'll maybe be present, but mm-hmm. maybe not. But I might just be locked in my office mm-hmm. um, for, for the night. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's the communication Mm -hmm. and the advance notice. So I definitely have said to him during like launches or whatever, hey, like I don't want to do this, but I I can't do like bedtime and stuff tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I need to remove myself Mm -hmm. from this. And I think we're also kind of in that reading. Like sometimes he will, I can tell we get to the end of the day and like he doesn't, his patience is depleted. Mm -hmm. Right. Or mine is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we can, instead of like shaming you and being like, hey, you didn't handle that well, like you were you were an asshole in that mm-hmm. moment. It's more just like, hey, like chill. Yeah. 
and <laughs> go, go, go to the Peloton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. I've got you, but you're right. It's not that 50, 50. Yeah. It never has been. And I do think you mentioned the whole, like my things are more important. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely honest and I don't think I've said this before, <laughs> but during 2020, like I did feel like sure. my shit was more important. Mm-hmm. I just did. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I was like, your business is in the building stage. My business is the safe one right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the one paying the bills plus the second one. And so I felt like I should have more time. Like I should have more space. And that probably wasn't fair, but sure. it's that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason, did you feel that from Megan oh, at yeah. all during that? Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying I didn't hide it well? No, no. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Actually, that's that's sometimes I do. Yeah. yeah. But you guys I, got through it. I mean, which is a sign that, you know, I mean, communication obviously did work mm-hmm. in the end, you know. Yeah. I mean, your resentment bucket <laughs> emptied. Yeah, but you know, therapy is still a thing for us. Mm-hmm. So we uh we do like a quarterly tune up where we go. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where I get to empty the resentment bucket out. And we all get to look at the things and mm-hmm. examine them and be like, wow, look at this little treasure chest. Yeah. What do we do with this? <laughs> yeah. It's a safe space though, because yeah. it's not like me sure. coming after Jason. It's right. more like, it's the three of us looking mm-hmm. at something and saying like, okay, well, Megan, why is it that you see it this way? Mm-hmm. And we both leave there sort of with that reset of, okay, it's not me against you. Mm -hmm. It's us against all the things that we Mm -hmm. have going on in life. All those pressures and all the responsibilities, not having enough time, not having enough bandwidth for the kids, not having enough time to get all the to-do things on on that list. I mean, mean, I've seen you two juggle the kids and the sports and Mm -hmm. the activities and with the kids going back to school right now. I mean, it's, it's daunting, I'm sure. Right. And I think that's what I would want someone listening to this to hear is that we don't show up here as like, well, let us present what we have done to have a perfect marriage so that you too can have that type of relationship Mm -hmm. where you can, you know, nail entrepreneurship with no hurdles. There's still hurdles. Mm -hmm. There's still potholes. We still have arguments and I still put things in the resentment bucket, (laughs) but I think we've have figured out ways to deal with it in a healthy way so that like we still like each other at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. You know what will sound awful? <laughs> Very nervous. Uh-oh. <laughs> but is a positive thing for us is we're both workaholics mm-hmm. and we we both enjoy being mm-hmm. entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um and we'll do things together that are, you know, like the entrepreneurial type things mm-hmm. like we'll go to a wedding MBA together and mm-hmm. you know and have fun there and mm-hmm. it's that I, I enjoy that mm-hmm. and kind of walking around the room with a microphone and just coming right. up with podcast episodes from there. Yeah. And then we'll go on uh, workations together where we'll just brainstorm big ideas mm-hmm. and, and help each other out. When she's working late at night, I'm not like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, why Why aren't you wanting to hang out with me? And, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's probably something that someone listening to this or like mm-hmm. y'all can relate to of one entrepreneur, one, you know, corporate. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably something of you're always in your business, mm-hmm. how, what you don't have time for me. Well, I think it's interesting because one of the things we talked about when you're a solopreneur is and you don't, maybe don't have a business partner or you kind of are in it by yourself that you have what we call a board of directors. So mm-hmm. you have like friends you can call, like bounce ideas off of. And, and even like though me and Courtney are partners, I still have my own board of directors. I saw people like this is happening and, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe because I don't agree with like what Courtney's saying we should do. And I'm like, I just want to bounce this off another or someone else. And there's like very like three trusted people I always mm-hmm. call when I have a problem. And I think it sounds like you guys are each other's board of directors, like that when you're having a problem with work, like one of the people that you probably go to is Megan and say like, how would you handle this? Like, what should I do? How should I scale? Like, you know, how should I get over this hump? And that's really neat. And yeah, it's like, always good to have a sounding board. Yeah. Just to one, validate your craziness or mm-hmm. not craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think oftentimes being an entrepreneur, I mean, it does take a degree of being a little crazy. Mm-hmm. That leap of faith uh, that, that you encouraged Megan to take to become an entrepreneur essentially <laughs> in the first place. Oftentimes it takes a risk. Uh, a lot of times the decisions that make you successful, I think, uh, do take a certain risk. 
whether that risk is a reward in the end, sometimes can you can fall f- flat on your face. But right. if you don't have someone as trusted that you can sound these ideas mm-hmm. off of, you know, that's why I mean I think your your partnership is so successful. You know, Megan and Jason, mm-hmm. you two sound off each other while your businesses are not exactly the mm-hmm. same. I mean, just knowing the two of you, mm-hmm. I do know you all sound ideas off each other all the time. Um, you and Courtney, of course. Yeah. Having a partner who's not full on in the entrepreneurial space. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they're a sounding board, but they yeah. only go so far. Yes, yeah. that's because true. There's some yeah. things I'll say and he's like, why are you doing that? That's yeah. so stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> like, but no, no, no. Like, let me, let me, and the, you know, like, it's going to take too long to explain. I'm like, all right, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think what's, what's interesting and I'm curious if you, you said like you recognize like her, the resentment that she had about it. Like I build up in my head that like, for example, like Sam resents me. Like mm, I think it's he the message me. you have. And I being. tell myself, and I told myself that for years because for years he was our sole financial provider. Mm-hmm. And, and so how that worked is I sacrificed my own sanity and time because his time was the most important. Like mm-hmm. I treated his time the most important. Like he needed to be at work on time. He could work late. He could do all these things. And I resented the shit out of him for mm-hmm. it. And he was like, I never asked you to do any of that. I don't think that's true at all. And mm-hmm. he's like, I he's like, I we're investing in this future and I see the future paying off, you know? Like so if anything, like my time is not nearly as important as your time or whatever. Yeah. But it was a story I told in my head yeah. that never you created was, your own narrative. Yeah, yeah we do that a lot. True, yes. I think I, women do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We create our own story. You've said that to me before about like things that I think he's thinking. Yeah. yeah. He's uh-huh. like, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, thinking that. that at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no I, I can compartmentalize also mm-hmm. and be like, yes, this is annoying to me, but I understand the greater good here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. so like, and it doesn't really go much past that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> men, for, for the most part, men are pretty simple. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love that. Yeah, so I, I definitely think it's different. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, it it's interesting because so with with my husband, you know, he he's he's self employed. He works for himself, so he works a lot of long hours for himself, and so he gets the fact that I have to work a lot of extra hours on on my own, and so he doesn't really question it per se. However, I do create my own narrative when I think, Mm -hmm. well, he's going to be upset that I'm not home when he's home. Mm -hmm. Or you just kind of tell yourself these Mm -hmm. things when you feel like you're not spending that valuable time Mm -hmm. that you have together when you both aren't working or when you both can commit to actually spending that shared time. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird um, because you commit so much of your heart and soul to your business because it's your baby. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do with your actual baby or your actual relationships and forget how much are you nurturing your actual lives? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you've put your heart and soul into your businesses mm-hmm. because it's all that you want to to have succeed, but then you let it, the rest of your life fail. I don't yeah. know. It's it's such a, a balance that's that's really, really hard to achieve. So yeah. There's something that I learned from Queen Brene Brown, the queen, queen, queen mm-hmm. the queen. And this could be something that if you're listening to this, like this could be a take it, put it in your pocket and save it for later. But I remember hearing her say she got into this argument with her husband, Steve. They were out swimming in a lake and she said to him, the story I'm telling myself right now <laughs> is that you think that I'm swimming too slow or that I'm <laughs> holding you back or that you wish I wasn't out right. here. And there's so much power in the the story I'm telling myself mm-hmm. right now is because you're removing the blame. Like, Sam, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that you're annoyed at me mm-hmm. right now because this. Or like, right. I'm pretty sure, Dan, that like you're resentful that I'm having to go back to the club and do this thing at night or, you know, whatever the example could be that I would say to you. But I know I've said that to you before, pulling that from her of the story I'm telling myself right now is that you think that you've had to handle more of the bedtime routine lately and you're getting annoyed with me over it. And then you can say like, I wasn't actually thinking that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that yeah. is a reminder for yeah. all of us of instead of just assuming it and holding it and letting it become this festering thought that builds in your brain, no. like put it out there and maybe check it with yeah. your partner. And yeah. they might be like, 
yeah, you're right. Actually, mm-hmm. I am annoyed with you over yeah. that. Or, or they're not. And or they're then, not. And then you've like let it build for yes. three days. Yes. And you think, why did I do that to yes. myself? Because I've actually had that happen before where I've said, hey, you know, I, I really thought you were upset because I couldn't mm-hmm. go grocery shopping and we didn't have toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we had to go to the Circle K to go yeah. pick up a four pack. <laughs> and and he's like, no, uh, no, we yeah. had toilet paper upstairs. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah, I know we just build these stories in our heads. And uh-huh. yeah, I know it, 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 we're just wired. They so can become sometimes. really toxic. Like It that, really can. You said three days. I know there are some relationships that, like, like, you keep those things in for years, and then that becomes something that is not repairable. Mm -hmm. I think, like, one of the things that has been super helpful, because it's totally the same page, and it was a lot of conversations, and I still struggle with, like, that kind of guilt side of it. But similar situations when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to go to the grocery store or whatever. And he's like, I could have gone. Like, this is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like, if I really wanted this, if I really needed this, I would have done it. Like, you're not the sole caretaker of Mm -hmm. our family. And I think for him to recognize, to admit that in a lot of ways has been super helpful. So I don't, it takes a lot longer for me to get there. It's this crazy part of us wanting to do it all. We want to be the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. We want to get the grocery shopping Mm -hmm. done. We want to- Be mom of the year. Be mom of the year, be the gourmet (laughs) chef, be the, all the things. It makes me think about the monologue in the Barbie movie where, you know, you want to do all of the things, but then you don't want to do all of the things because you don't feel like you should have to do it, but then you do want to do it because you kind of want to do it all. Because society kind of puts expectations out there that you should be able to do all the things. And it's just such a... Uh, yeah. It's just a mind beep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can say it's a mind fuck. Yeah, it's, it's a mind fuck. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just really does. It messes with you, and it, it does make you think. Like with your girls, do you think that they watch the two mm-hmm. of you? You know, hustle and bust your ass every day. I mean, I know it has to teach them really amazing work ethic mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. you guys working so hard. But do you think also, like, I mean, I know you took the three of them to go see the, the Barbie movie, mm-hmm. and they saw that monologue. Mm-hmm. And I know when I saw it with my daughter, I was, like, yeah. crying. Do you think in seeing the two of you as entrepreneurs and then also with that speech, like, how do you think it affects them as, like, what they might be like, you know, mm-hmm. growing up? And do you think they'll be entrepreneurs? And you know, what do you, what kind of spirit do you think? I know that's a lot of questions yeah. right there, but <laughs> let that marinate a little bit. And, yeah. you know. I think I worry sometimes that I may, I might be contributing to that societal belief that you can mm-hmm. do it all. Mm-hmm. Because I try to shield my girls from my inner angst mm-hmm. and my inner critic and my inner resentment bucket. Mm-hmm. I try to keep that from them, but I do want them to see me like building my business, mm-hmm. helping others and having a strong relationship mm-hmm. with their dad and that we are like shared responsibilities. But I wonder if I am I'm adding mm-hmm. to the idea of like look at me, I'm an entrepreneur and a wife and a mom because I really do. I hustle my ass off mm-hmm. to build my business yet show up at lunch at mm-hmm. school. Like I I make an effort to go to the end of year holiday party thing and mm-hmm. do all the stuff. And I really, I worry actually, mm-hmm. Jess, I've never thought about it out loud, but I really worry that like I am, I'm creating a script in their head that they will look back at me and be like, my mom, like she worked, but then she also did these things. And I don't want them to beat themselves up because- I'm yet another example of like, look what women should be able to do. Cause at the same time, like I'm in therapy, like I struggle with anxiety. I don't sleep enough. Like I don't have a self-care routine that is constantly like pouring into myself, but I don't tell my kids that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the big shifts that honestly changed me, cause I had a very similar thought with Ada. And when she was younger, she was just like, I don't want to do anything that you do. Like, this looks terrible. Like, <laughs> you're always stressed out. And yeah, I was like, said the same thing. She was like, totally this sounds yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and as like, we got busier and she started noticing, oh, you're not there all the time, but she, she knows I'm there sometimes. Yeah. Right. But, you know, she's, I'm not there every single day after right. school and I don't go to every single thing. Cause you yeah. just can't. I can't whatever. either. Yeah. Right. 
And it took a lot of honest conversations. And it, it's, I think it was probably around the 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13 age range that we can, and now we have really healthy conversations about it, about why I'm doing it. And she asked me one time, she said, why are you doing it? And why do you do what you do? And I said, well, I should tell you it's for you and your brother, but it has nothing to do with you and your brother. Mm. It's not why I do it. I do it because I love it. And there's been phases of my business I have hated. Yes. I have absolutely hated it. And I knew it was just a stepping stone to get where I, where I want to be. But right now where I am, where my values of wanting to be this amazing mom and be there all the time, but I also really value myself uh-huh. and I value how much I love what I do. And I love this job, which takes me away from you. Yeah. Like takes me traveling or whatnot. That's that's just as important. And so there's, as you know, there's boundaries, like we yeah. create boundaries for it. Like I only travel X amount a year, right? Yeah. And until you're out of out of the house or you and your brother or whatever. And I think for her, it's shown her that she can do both, but she doesn't have to do both Excellent. excellently, Yeah, you know? And, and there is a moment where she's like, they know I'm on an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. We talk about that all the time. We talk about why I need it and why, what it's doing to me and how it's made me happier yeah. and Sometimes your body, your brain just gets confused with the serotonin and it's putting it back how yeah. it should be, right? Yeah. They know that I'm in therapy. They We talk about where the f- downfalls have happened and why they've happened. And then, you know, you know how we're, it's life is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And right now we're riding a really great high right mm-hmm. now. And I love it. And it's great. But it doesn't mean it's not going to like mm-hmm. go back down without scaring them. But it's realities yeah. of it, right? Yeah. You know, but I couldn't have that conversation when she was seven. Yeah, I don't think my girls are there yet. No. No. Mm-hmm. I do worry about them seeing us work so hard and just be so focused on on work and checking our phones and, and all those things mm-hmm. and not giving as much time to them as, mm-hmm. as we probably should. That is a that is a big concern. But mm-hmm. as far as will they be entrepreneurs? Maybe. They could be. Like yeah. they, they could be you know, amazing entrepreneurs, right. but I don't know that they're all going to want that, that life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think too, like, like we started traveling with the kids cause they're fun at this age. Like mm-hmm. it's there, they remember it, they can take care of themselves. And, and I like to like point out to them that the reason why we are here is mm. because me and your dad have worked so hard. Yes. Yeah. Like the reason why we can go on this 10 day trip is because I missed that basketball game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, connecting the dots for them and they're like oh right yeah yeah like yeah. there's there's sacrifices but there's such beautiful rewards at the same right, time yeah. for I love that yeah yeah what i pull from kind of what i've heard everyone talk about here is there's so much power in communicating what's mm-hmm. in your head yes. outwardly to yeah. the people that you care about as well as just as a whole right mm-hmm. so the transparency mm-hmm. of yeah i'm on an antidepressant like i don't have everything figured right. out and mm-hmm. the transparency of like yeah, we're married, we love each other, but we still argue. Like mm-hmm. we still Correct. have moments yeah. of like, Ugh, right? Mm-hmm. And I would hope that someone hears this mm-hmm. and of course. processes that, like the realness of the things that we carry in our heads mm-hmm. should be communicated mm-hmm. with kindness, right. you know, yeah. without the resentment bucket right. <laughs> upon or your that, head. Or like, that eventually they can be as time goes by, yeah. you know, I mean, when entrepreneurship is, is is in its infancy stages, yeah, it can be very, very overwhelming and you can feel like mm-hmm. I'm never gonna get past this, I'm never gonna get through it. But you know, if you if you persevere, it, it can eventually get there. I mean, you just have to mm-hmm. continue working, try harder, learning, learn different ways, mm-hmm. listen to this podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with my daughter, you know, when she was um, your girl's age, she had no idea what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand why we were gone all the time. She works at the club now, oh, that's and cool. oh, wow. and she gets it, mm-hmm. and she understands, you know, why we. I mean, she still doesn't like that we're gone all the time, but she yeah. gets a, so much better of an idea of what we do, why we did what we did, and. I think has a better appreciation of what hard work is. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing thing to see what can happen Mm -hmm. when, I don't know, when your kids actually see your other baby (laughs) develop into this thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's been 12 years. I mean, oddly enough, our businesses, I guess, like right around the same time. So um, it's been I sold an, my baby. You did. You sold that <laughs> one. Like, peace yeah. out. You were like, bye bye. Um, Don't want to go through middle school with you. It's, <laughs> it's getting to a complicated time. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's been a it's it's a it's such a, an amazing thing to mm-hmm. see and watch grow. And I mean, 
entrepreneurship is such a such a challenging but rewarding mm-hmm. thing, and uh, I find it amazing that people have resources like yeah. like this yeah. and for us to be able to share, mm-hmm. be real, and be real mm-hmm. and be vulnerable mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, be vulnerable. Yeah. So I would love to end. This is a question for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you're most proud about the other person in, in their journey as an entrepreneur. Oh, mm. man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a tough one. It may be cheating because she kind of just said it, but okay. like keeping it, keeping everything real with entrepreneurs that she is coaching, mm. like being completely honest with them and then now keeping it real with, with our mm. daughters mm. also. You know, that's something that, you just mentioned, and it's like very true that you're not sugarcoating anything with them. I mean, of course, there's got to be a little sugarcoating sure. sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, you're you're very good at telling it like it is to the girls and to the, the people that you're coaching. Yeah, I love. Thank you, appreciate that. I think for you, it's like your evolution mm-hmm. and willingness to learn and grow outside of perhaps the box that you were raised in or the way that you were for the first 30 years of life. So your curiosity Mm -hmm. as a dad of three girls, your willingness to like continue to evolve as a business owner and the people that you bring onto your team and just the way that you show up. I like that. I like that you are constantly growing where you think really you get to 40 and you're like, okay, here we are. This is who I am. <laughs> I see you growing more in the last, so Earfluence 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I see so much like growth in you in the last four years versus when you were working for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's because I was hanging out with the same Yeah. Three you were people. in a box. Yeah. Like you were in <laughs> such a box. And it's like you climbed out of the box and you're like, wow. Yeah. Look at the world. <laughs> and you've continued to just grow and evolve Thank from there. Thank you. And I get to have so many amazing conversations yeah. <laughs> with people like like this one. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for being here today, for being vulnerable and real. And we invited you here, not because you have it all figured out, because you guys have gone through it, come out the other side, and obviously are super successful and have a very beautiful family. Oh, thank you so parents. much. It's so much fun. fun talking to you yeah. guys always. Yeah. Yeah. We thank can you. cancel our therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> felt like we did so it. So I'll send oh, you your goodness. bill. Yeah, you right. yeah. <laughs> It'll be one martini. <laughs> <laughs> Done, sold. <laughs> to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. To learn more about the University Club, visit us on Instagram at UClubNC or on Facebook. You can also learn more about us on our website at universityclubnc.com. And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle & Gather.